Hello, friends. Welcome back to uh, the Restoring Connections podcast. This is episode two, and I am Matthew Dawson, um, and I am, as per usual, really, really excited about helping you to uh, steward really, really well your half of your close relationships, and I hope that this podcast uh, helps you in that process. I love it when relationships get healed. I love it when relationships get deepened. Um, You know, that's what gets me out of bed. Christmas morning for me happens every single time I hear somebody who says, oh man, um, this relationship was just completely on the brink of disaster. And then uh, my belief about the situation really shifted and then my behavior shifted and then their behavior shifted and now we're feeling way more connected to each other than before. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Okay, if you've jumped back in, if you've listened to the first episode and now you've come back for another one, um, I want to dive into something a little bit different. I want to dive into uh, what I'm calling the foundations for these um, podcasts. It's actually like the first one. I'm pretty much going to be reading straight from Uh, an article that I wrote uh, that's on the writing section of our website, which is mattandcoradawson.com. I really love to know where a person's coming from when I'm listening to them communicate, um, especially if it's an instructional kind of thing, because the truth is we are so different, you know, as human beings. We come different genders, different cultures, uh, different age groups. Um, There's a lot that we have in common, Um, as, you know, collectively as humanity. But there's a lot uh, that is really different between us as well, especially when it comes to how we communicate. What means one thing to one person can be very different. You know, somebody can be trying to communicate something and then what the person they're communicating to actually hears can be so wildly different. Um, We do a lot of uh, mediation in... Uh, in relationships, uh, you know, between business partners or between, you know, organization leaders or between married couples. And this amazes us. And man, Cora and I have totally learned this the hard way as well. You know, we've had to work so hard at getting into those processes of feeding back. So what I'm hearing you say is dot, 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 dot. And we spell it out. We slow it down and we make sure that we're feeling heard because what gets into the ears and into the brain can be so radically different. I believe that helping, um, that knowing where a person's coming from, what's really driving them with their communication can really help me understand them. And so I want to do that a little bit in this particular podcast episode, just give a little bit of a background as to what's really driving my own heart uh, as we communicate these different things. Hopefully that'll give you a better shot at really understand um, the stuff that we are um that we're sharing. Um, and, and also at the, at the back end of this particular episode, I want to share a few things that are our core beliefs that I really want to affirm as well. Okay, diving in here, again, reading straight from that um, article on the website, which is called Foundations for These Writings. I genuinely believe that the principles that 
I write about can be effectively applied in every type of relationship in every kind of season. I really do. But having said that, when I am writing things down that I've learned about relationships, there's a particular kind of person in a kind of situation that is at the forefront of my mind and my imagination. I'm thinking of someone who's going through something very painful in a relationship that is at the core of their life. Maybe a spouse or a business partner, a parent, etc. You know, when you go through something tough in a relationship that's not really, you know, part of the core building blocks of your life, maybe, you know, the person who served you your Big Mac, you know, got your order wrong, or um, maybe this does throw your life into chaos. Um, if that's true, then um, please keep listening because you probably need help. Um, just kidding. Uh, but the no, I'm more talking about the kind of relationships that are really at the core of your life. Where if that thing is getting strained, if that if that connection is under serious strain, it is scary because if that connection falls apart you're going to lose a lot. Your life is going to be thrown into chaos. You're depending on that person really heavily. It could be a, a particular business partner, a boss, or like I said, a spouse, something. And those are scary moments. So that's the kind of thing I'm picturing um, in my mind. Uh, where am I? I lost my train of thought. Okay, in my imagination, I'm seeing a husband or a wife whose blood is boiling late at night um, and another after another terrible conversation with their spouse. I'm imagining the anger, the shame, the grief, the desperation swirling around inside of them like a perfect storm. I'm just letting my imagination run here. I'm picturing their two-year-old wakes up and demands attention for the third time that night. This kind of situation is a nightmare that I can personally relate to. I'd say the most disorienting moments in my life have come at times of deep disconnection between Cora and I. And because she is so, so at the core of my life. You know, my connection with God is the most foundational relationship in my life. Um, but man, Cora is right in there at the center too. You know, her behavior, her actions, her, her choices have a huge bearing on my life. And so when we're going through stuff that's difficult, and there's disconnection, it can be pretty spooky, pretty disorienting. I am generally a pretty confident guy. I almost always, it's not always uh, a strength, but I almost always feel sure about the best way forward in any situation. But I have never felt more lost and confused than on the back of a recurring terrible con conversation with Cora, where every time we have that terrible conversation about that thing, it gets worse, a little bit worse than last time. These have been the toughest times. If there's one primary thing that I want these writings, therefore, to accomplish, it's to provide a lifeline to a person when they are at the end of their rope in a relationship that is very important to them. When you're feeling lost at sea, I hope these writings can give you something solid and buoyant to grab hold of. Uh, hence the um, little illustration there. Shout out to Lydia Kramer. You rock. Thank you for the illustration. Super cool. Um, check out her stuff. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but if you look her up, Lydia Kramer, she's in Denmark. Um, she rocks. Um, okay, her stuff is amazing. I want to give you a pathway forward. I want to help you breathe life into a damaged connection when you actually feel like snuffing out its last embers with a steel-toed boot 
because um, that's what happens when you're going through something really tough with a person you really love there's a tension inside of you there's a part of you that just wants to be done with it I never want to see this person again I want to cut myself off from this person and just be rid of them I want to put them on the other side of planet Earth and as much space in between us as possible but there is also another part of you and you know it that is saying, oh my gosh, what I really want is this connection to be restored. I want this thing that you're doing to stop, you know, so that I can trust you again. I want there to be connection between us again because you've got lots in common. Maybe you've got children in common or maybe you've got a business in common or a community in common. And you're going, part of you is going, I just want this to be over. And another part of you is going, man, if this ends now, I am going to be dealing with the pain of the loss of this relationship for a very long time. So in those moments when you kind of feel like just snuffing out the final embers of this relationship, I really want to speak to that part of you that actually still hopes to breathe life into the connection. I believe um, that there is that it is something that you can learn that even in the midst of a great deal of pain, you can actually, without dishonoring where your heart is actually at, I'm not saying, oh, everything is awesome, pretend it's all fine. I'm saying be totally real about the pain you're in and, not but, and choose love in that moment. I believe it's something that you can learn. It's definitely something that I've learned and am continuing to learn all the time. Um, and I believe it's something that you can learn. And I hope uh, that this, uh, that these writings and these podcasts can help you in those moments. In the last fi- uh, 15 years, the reality is I have watched more of my friends go through the devastation of divorce than I honestly thought that I would see in my lifetime. Every time it's happened, it's been like falling you know, from a cliff, I'm going, no, impossible, not them. You cannot be serious. I never thought that they would go through that. And then it happens again. I've watched this happen time and time again. And frankly, I feel angry about it. I feel angry about watching my friends whose lives have been picked apart by fear. And when things have gotten tough between Cora and I, we have needed help. And I am so thankful to the people that we have had to stand with us um, in those points, uh, in those moments, to point us to truth when we were feeling completely lost at sea. Person comes to mind right now. I mean, there's heaps. Linda Cowie. Oh my goodness! I am so incredibly grateful to you for helping us in a moment where I was so lost at sea. Um, uh, her and her husband founded uh, a ministry, um, an organization called Marine Reach. Absolutely rock. Check them out. We hope to provide that same kind of help for uh, as many others as we possibly can. There's another major motivator for me here with these writings and these podcasts. Over the last few years, I've seen a growing divide um, uh, around a perspective of around whether or not what a person feels is of any value in the pursuit of truth. I was born in 83 which puts me smack in the middle of the Xennials generation and the millennial generation. Some of my closest friendships are with uh, baby boomer, quote unquote, aunties and uncles that I was raised with and still walk very closely with. These people are my mentors, my heroes. On one extreme end of the spectrum, I often hear the belief that in order to discover truth, we must totally disassociate um, with anything that we feel. On the other extreme end of the spectrum is the belief that absolute truth doesn't even exist 
and uh, you know, sort of classic postmodernity, and whatever I feel is the only solid thing in this universe to grab hold of in my life, um, and that's what that's the only thing solid. So that's what I've got to hang on to. In my view, Jesus perfectly models to us the narrow pathway between these two extremes. I, as you've probably picked up by now, am a Jesus-following person. Um, he is the center of my life. Uh, but um, I hope that these things are totally helpful to you, whether or not you are following Jesus um, you know, at the moment. I hope this stuff is really helpful to you anyways. Uh, I believe it certainly can be. Um, I believe that he perfectly models to us how to deeply value our emotions without being governed by them, what I would call a perfect unity of heart and mind. So I hope these writings help bridge that gap between these two extreme perspectives and help people on either side of the fence meet and walk together in the middle. I'm working on being radically free in my heart and ruthlessly disciplined in my actions, and I'd like to be a source of encouragement to people in that particular journey. Okay, there are also some foundational affirmations here. These are a few things that I want to make really clear that I believe in. If anything in any of my writings sounds like I might not be on board with one of these points, I probably didn't express myself very well. So I just want to make these things clear. Number one, as a follower of Jesus, my will is to be surrendered entirely to His will. He leads, I follow at all times, in all things, on a good day. <laughs> if that's not the case, then I am blowing it. I talk a lot about knowing what you, quote, want throughout all of my writings and, and the podcast. This is emphasizing um, and talking about what you want is really to emphasize that our relationship with God and our relationship with others is always, if it's healthy, it's built on a foundation of freedom. Hopefully, like Jesus, we do the will of God, not because of fear or coercion, but rather because of love and desire. I love God. Therefore, I desire to do His will. Love, love is only meaningful if it's built on a foundation of freedom and desire. Love driven by fear doesn't exist. I'd call, you know, forced love, I'd call an oxymoron. Okay, number two. It is not healthy to allow our emotions to govern our actions. In my writing, you'll hear me often referring to knowing what you feel, honoring your heart, being tuned into your emotions, etc. I'm not suggesting that every feeling you have is based in truth, and I'm not suggesting that every feeling you have should be acted upon. Conversely, I believe that the more blind you are to what you are actually feeling in a moment, the less deliberate you can be about what to actually do about what you're feeling. It's funny. The end goal in all situations is to act in love and wisdom. Being self-aware rather than delusional about what you truly feel in a situation is often a very important part of getting clarity on how to respond in active love. Dishonoring your covenant with God, also known as sin, is not a matter of emotion. There's nothing that you can feel that is sinful, but rather a matter of intentional action. That's how we violate our relationship with God and with other people is through the things that we actively do. And that includes your words as well. Um, we can give ourselves and each other great liberty in allowing the heart to feel what it feels while being incredibly disciplined about how we act. Okay, last one here. 
is number three, it's always my responsibility to act in love no matter what. In my writings and the podcast, you often hear me talking about needs. Please note that I'm talking about what a person needs in order to build trust and intimacy in a close relationship, not what they need in order to be at peace within themselves or able to act in a loving way. I believe that each of us has been given everything we need to be able to walk in love no matter what people throw at us. If we ever act in a way that is anything other than peaceful, loving, patient, kind, etc., we are to take full responsibility for those actions, regardless of what someone else did that set us off. If we shift the blame to someone else when we don't steward well our half of a relationship, we are not worthy of their trust and we will never grow in our capacity to love. So yes, be tuned in to what you need in the connection in order to grow in your trust towards that person. But also take full responsibility. You know, if it's ever, hey, I need you to do this, and if you don't, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to, you know, spit chips and, and throw my toys out of the cot. That's never uh, a healthy approach to a relationship. So when I'm talking about knowing what you need, bear that in mind. It's always our responsibility to act in love. Okay, guys, that was episode two. Um, Hope you found that helpful. And episode three is coming at you soon. Um, I think I'm going to be talking about why it is so challenging to ask for help and why it's so incredibly important as well. So stay tuned in for that. See you.